the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. A Monday warrior, mean, mean stride. Today's Tom Sawyer, mean, mean pride. Though his mind is not for him, don't put him down his head again. His reserve Now that's how you start a craft beer cast on AM 970 The Answer. It is the Al Gattulo craft beer cast. AM 970 The Answer. Hope everybody's doing well. I uh, hope you dealt with the snow this past week in the Northeast, uh, New York, New Jersey area. Got a couple of inches in New York, uh, a little bit more in New Jersey, and I hope that uh, everybody dealt with that. Hey, it's winter. Uh, you know, the last couple of years here in the Northeast, we really didn't experience a full winter with snow, but, you know, it's come back. Uh, with a vengeance, not really, but uh, I'm not a fan of the snow. Give me warm weather and a T-shirt and shorts and an and a ice-cold beer any day of the week, and I am a happy camper. Now, coming up in 20 minutes, Sam Pecoraro. He is the brewmaster for Von Ebert Brewing. He's going to join me to talk about their takeover of the old ecliptic brewing space, what their plans are to do with that space, and so much more. That's coming up in just 20 minutes from now. So 43 years ago... The album uh, Moving Pictures was released by Rush back in 1981. Just seven songs. It was the eighth studio album uh, by Rush. And really their first one where they really started to really dive into keyboards, synthesizers, and things of that nature. Um, It's a great album. There's so many great songs on it. Um, And it's one of those ones where I hadn't listened to it in a long time. And I actually went back to it to revisit it, and I'm glad that I did because there is so much stuff there, vital signs, witch hunt, uh, stuff that you don't really hear too much of. Um, Just a tremendous, uh, tremendous album, and uh, we'll be featuring uh, that album throughout the show. All right, so let us dive into uh, lots of news and notes to get to here. So Pure Project out in, uh, in San Diego uh, they are doing on Tuesday, February 27th. Listen to this. Go to any of their taproom locations on Tuesday, February 27th, and enjoy this special that features a limited edition stemmed pure project glass plus a fill while supplies last. Now, they said this is the first in their series of 2024 limited edition glassware in case you'd like to collect them all. It's 15 bucks. Listen to this. For $15, you're going to get a limited edition stemmed glass, a full pour of any non-barrel aged beer under 10% ABV for 15 bucks. You get the glass, you get a pour, you get to take the glass home. That's pretty good. Glasses are sold on a first-come, first-served basis. They are limited. They recommend that you arrive earlier rather than later. It'll be available uh, at their Carlsbad, Balboa Park, or North Park tap rooms. That opens from 3 p.m. to 9 p.m. Pacific time, obviously, uh, local time. On Tuesday, February 27th, and their Vista and Miramar tap rooms will be open from 3 to 8 p.m. They look forward to seeing you. More details on this, just head to purebrewing.com. 
org and then just search for Pint Night Limited Edition 2024, and you will find all the information there from Pure Project. They are a great brewery. Go check them out. I have not been there. So, again, it's another reason why I need to go back to San Diego. I've had plenty of their beers, but I've never been to any of their tap rooms, so I need to get over there. Now, here's something that's really cool. If you're a fan of 42 North Brewing, and a once-in-a-lifetime event is going to occur in the skies above Cleveland, Buffalo, and Rochester, uh, those markets fall within the path of totality for a, a historic eclipse that's taking place on April 8th of this year. To commemorate the once-in-a-lifetime event, 42 North Brewing Company has unveiled Nocturnus Dark Lager. Nocturnus, a traditional German-style Schwartz, uh, Schwarzer, crafted with Pilsner Munich and dehusked de- roasted malts. The beer boasts subtle notes of chocolate and coffee, just under 5% ABV, and it pairs perfectly with drinking in the afternoon darkness. <laughs> okay, I'll buy that. Nocturnus, of course, derives its name from Roman mythology. Nocturnus, as legend has it, is an immensely powerful being that had existed prior or since the beginning of time and is able to control, alter, and manipulate darkness with ease. Again, this is on the afternoon of Monday, April 8th. 42 North will be hosting a Howl at the Moon Post Eclipse party at their East Aurora Tap Room with live music from Tencent Howl and Leroy Towns Band. Nocturnus Dark Lager will be available in select retailers in Northeast Ohio, and Western New York, 42northbrewing.com, for more information there. And that's pretty cool. I like that. Big total eclipse, and a brewery is already doing something. I'm sure there's going to be other breweries that are going to do things. If they fall within the path, obviously, of totalitary, uh, to- let me get that right. Totality. Totalitary. Listen to me. That's what happens when you record these things very early in the morning. Anyway, let us move on. Destil Brewery. And K&K Promotions, Inc. You know who that is? That's the Evil Knievel family. Do you remember Evil Knievel? I do. Because as a kid in the 70s, Evil Knievel was the man. All these crazy stunts. He would put together these stunts on television. And if I recall correctly, I don't think he he was ever successful. He might have been successful at one of them. But I think every other one of them ended up with him crashing. He did this jump in Las Vegas. uh, The rocket rocket ship over uh, Snake Canyon. Uh, they sold action figures of Evil Knievel. You had this thing you wound it up and the motorcycle would take off. Evil Knievel was the man back in the 70s. He was just awesome. I think we interviewed him once a long time ago on a radio station that I worked at. Pretty sure about that. Well, anyway, they are uh, Destel Brewing and K&K Promotions is doing uh, two new beers uh, based on Evil Knievel. True Evil American Blondale and Evil Knievel Imperial IPA will be making the jump to store beer shelves across the United States in the coming weeks. On several occasions this past year, Destel's founder and CEO, Matt Potts, along with the Destel Brewing team, worked with Evil Knievel's son, Kelly Knievel, and the conversation naturally geared up towards working together on a project to honor the legacy of the great daredevil through these officially licensed Amazing Beer tributes. Um... The, evil, the true evil American Blondale, inspired by Evil Knievel's famous stunts and his roots in Big Sky Country. Uh, the Imperial IPA is a daring West Coast-style brew ramped up with a thrilling burst of hoppiness, fruity aromas, and perfectly balanced bitterness. Both beers will be available in four packs of 16-ounce cans in most of Destel's markets. That is pretty, pretty awesome. I love Evil Knievel. I was a big fan way back in the day. Um, Artisanal Imports, who is a leading importer, marketing, and sales organization of specialty beers and ciders across the United States, announced this week the expansion of Andix Brewery uh, beers across a wider range of states and markets throughout the United States. Um, Established in 1455 in Germany, 
Andex is widely known, um, or Andesh, maybe it's Andesh, I think. I think. It is widely known as one of the last remaining active monastery breweries managed by an active religious order. Earlier this year, Artisanal Imports forged a strategic partnership to distribute uh, Andex uh, throughout the, the West Coast. Uh, and today's uh, the, this week's announcement increases the footprint of that beer across the country. Uh, they will be uh, available via artisanal imports in 33 states, including New York and New Jersey, as well as California, Oregon, and uh, others. Um, they will be, um, let's see, they have a, uh, a, a Hellas, they have a Dunkel, um, a Weissbier Hell, a Wiesenbach, and a Doppelbach Dunkel that will all be available uh, between 4.8% ABV and 7.1% ABV, um, which is really, really cool. Um, so kudos to Artisanal Imports for bringing that beer in. Finally, with a couple of minutes left here, before we have to take a break, um, was at Bruzology last weekend in Jersey City. Second year in a row that they've done this event in, in Jersey City at the Liberty Science Center, and I have to tell you what a tremendous event it was. Uh, I won't get into all the beers. I'll do that in a, in a future Suds and Duds in a couple of weeks. Still have some beers that we have to get to from the last couple of weeks, so we'll get to that in a couple of weeks, probably towards the end of February. We'll get to the beers that I had there. But it was it was a great event again, and I encourage you. They do this. It's a nationwide thing. They have it at different um, learning centers, science centers kind of things uh, across the country. So a bruza- just do a search for Bruzology uh, Beer Fest. You'll find the city near you that they're having it in. Uh, this one was at the Liberty Science Center again in Jersey City. So uh, it's after dark. The VIP hour starts at 7. Uh, the regular general admission is from 8 to 11. Great event. Uh, they reduced capacity. They sold less tickets this year. Um, I think it was about the same amount of breweries, but they spread them out a little bit more. There was a couple of breweries that, wa- that weren't there, but most of them were well represented, um, especially the local guys like 902, uh, Departed Souls. Um, it was good to see those guys and a lot of other Jersey people caught up with a lot of people um, uh, last Saturday night. Definitely do the VIP hour. It is absolutely worth the price because you get in. There's specialty beers that are pouring during VIP hour. A lot of stouts, a lot of bangers that uh, you know you wouldn't have gotten during the uh, general admission. Fantastic event. The marketing guy over at Liberty Science Center used to work for Bolero Snort. Mark, great guy, put it together. Phenomenal job. Absolutely phenomenal job. Uh, you get you run of the Science Center, uh, all four floors. You get to sample so many different beers. It's unlimited samples. Um, the only the only drawback, somebody pulled the fire alarm. I had left already. This was like I'd left 15 minutes before it ended. Uh, some, like five minutes after I left, somebody pulled the fire alarm. They had to evacuate the building. That's just a stupid move. Don't do that. That's just a moron who's been overserved. Um, but a great event nonetheless. Uh, had a wonderful time. Would absolutely do it again next year. Uh, it, it, it was just fun. Bruzology, Jersey City. A smashing success. Again, loved it. Um, and again, if it's in your city and you're not sure, go. You will have a great time. They really do a good job of curating a lot of the local beers as well as uh, a bunch of national accounts as well. Phenomenal event. Had such a great time. We'll talk about the beers in a couple of weeks. When we come back after a short break, we got more news and notes from around the beer world. Of course we do. This is the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer.
Welcome back to the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, a little YYZ from Moving Pictures, that album that came out from Rush uh, 43 years ago, earlier uh, this week. So, um, you know, good stuff. Uh, it's, it's an amazing album. And by the way, for those that don't know, YYZ, why did they name it that? Well, YYZ happens to be the airport code of the Toronto International Airport, which is where the folks from Rush hail from. And there you go. And there you have it. All right. Coming up in 10 minutes, Sam Pecoraro, the brewmaster at Von Ebert Brewing, is going to join me to talk about the brewery taking over the old ecliptic space uh, in Portland, Oregon, and so much more. That happens in just about 10 minutes from now. Um, Over 5,000 Anheuser-Busch union workers could go on a company-wide strike by March. Teamsters Union President Sean O'Brien says the company must commit to job security demands, wage increases, enhanced benefits, and making Juneteenth a paid holiday in order to prevent an employee uh, walk-off. That would happen February 29th. Negotiations continue after 99% of workers at 12 breweries voted in December to authorize a strike. Uh, Last Monday, the union announced it will pay employees $1,000 a week if the strike happens. Brussels parent-based uh, parent company InBev's North America headquarters are in St. Louis, but the company has U.S. breweries, of course, in California, Colorado, Florida, Georgia, Texas, New York, New Hampshire, New Jersey, right in Newark, and Virginia as well. And in fact, uh, this past Thursday, um, they actually did some practice picketing uh, in Newark. So they are prepping for this. Uh, we've had no word uh, over whether or not they plan on negotiating. If there is negotiations that are ongoing, this could be a big problem for uh, AB InBev uh, if they, the workers decide to go on strike in March. Now, again, you might say, well, why do we care about this in the craft beer world? Um, it is a beer-related story, uh, and they still make some segments of craft beer, Goose Island um, you know, and other little breweries. They did divest themselves of a, of a number of them uh, to Tilray, but they still own a bunch. So uh, it's important uh, about those things. And, you know, over the years, unions have gotten weaker. Some have said it's stronger. I don't know if I necessarily see that. There are unions that give in in order to make sure that people keep their jobs. Um, I know the broadcasting union has been very weak for a very long time um, because they keep capitulating and giving in and giving in and giving in instead of sticking to their, uh, you know, putting their heels in the ground. But unfortunately, sometimes... Can't do that. And in this day and age with inflation and all kinds of other problems, and if anybody tells you that inflation is not a problem, it is. The cost of goods is still way too high from the pandemic. The prices need to come down, and they haven't done that yet. And the president complete all he wants. Other people complete all they want. Until these companies start lowering their prices, is going to be a problem. All right, Manna Hopkin taking place Saturday, August 3rd, local beers, food trucks, live music all day. Bring your family, friends, lawn chairs for a fun summer day at the at the lake. 100% of the proceeds benefit the Stafford Township PBA Holiday Toy Drive. It's a great event. I've been judging it for the last couple of years. Um, two tasting sessions, session one, noon to four, session two, five to nine. Attendance is limited to one session only. You have to be 21 or older to participate in the beer tasting. General admission without the beer tasting is free, so you can walk around all day. If you don't feel like having beer, you don't have to pay. But if you are 21 or older and want to partake in the beer stuff, uh, you have to uh, buy a ticket. Manahopkin.com for more information. Tickets until March 15th are only 30 bucks. 30 bucks. That's a great deal. Trust me. 
for what they for what you get, it's a fantastic deal. So uh, definitely want to jump in on it. If you're in the Long Beach Island area, you certainly want to come to this event. Um, it's a great event. Last year, um, the the guys the and girls that I grew up with, um, one of them has a house uh, right in Manahawkin, and uh, we got together. We drank some beers. We went back to her place. We hung out and barbecued and swam in the pool. It was fantastic, and hopefully we can do that again this year. That would be a lot of fun. Last week I mentioned it. I'll mention it again. The beer run. Uh, it's two days of running in beer, April 20th and 21st. Uh, they decided to, rather than increase capacity on one day uh, or two sessions and risk overcrowding, uh, or actually, no, it was one day, they decided to add a second day cap attendance for each one so they can deliver the same great experience across two days. Early bird tickets are on sale uh, for a limited time only. Uh, you get, uh, what is it? It's uh, the race plus 12 five-ounce pours from 16 New Jersey breweries, a tasting glass, and access to the festival. You can get a beer fest only ticket as well. Uh, designated driver tickets are also available for those who don't want to indulge and want to get their friends home safely. Again, Saturday, April 20th, Sunday, April 21st. The check-in is at 10 a.m. The race starts at noon. Festival ends at 4. It's at the historic village at Allaire. Uh, it's uh, right in Walt Township. It's 21 and o- uh, over. No kids are allowed uh, at the event. It's a, a historic uh, park in Allaire, uh, uh, the Allaire State Park in Wall Township, New Jersey. I've never been to the event. It always seems to fall on a time when I'm not really available. And this one might it might be one of those things. And to be honest, um, I don't. I haven't run in years, and I don't know. Just to go to a, a, a beer fest to to have twelve beers, it's not real. I mean, again, they're five ounce pours, they're big pours, and it's a great event. I mean, I think Source takes part in it. Um, Icarus is there, Carton, I think Kane is there. Um, it's a lot of the breweries in that area, in the Monmouth County area, which is really cool. So a lot of fun, great event. Uh, definitely something that you want to check out. Big Brew is coming up. I mean, just a couple of weeks, Saturday, March 2nd. Uh, Morristown Armory, benefit for the Morris Rugby Corporation. BigBrewNJ.com slash Morristown uh, for tickets and more information. Session 1 is noon to 4. Session 2 is 5.30 to 9.30. So, uh, first session is music by Naughty Humphrey. Second session is music by Mr. Lovejoy. 150 styles of craft beer, great music, food. Uh, over uh, 75 breweries will be in attendance. It's an awesome event. Uh, Allison puts on these fantastic events throughout New Jersey, and uh, this this is sort of her kickoff to the beer season. It's great. Um, I've been to it numerous years. Last year I went and had a great time. I'll probably be at the early session. Uh, all depends on uh, who's coming with me and, uh, you know, uh, what we decide. More than likely we're going to probably go to the early session. Uh, but it's a great event. You definitely want to be there. The Colorado Brewers Guild has announced the 165-plus participating craft breweries, including 20 out-of-state breweries, that will pour at the Collaboration Fest. This takes place March 30th from 2 to 6 p.m. at the Westin Westminster in Westminster, Colorado, presented by ONTAP Credit Union. Collaboration Fest, the original Collaboration Craft Beer Festival that pairs Colorado Brewers Guild member breweries with independent breweries near and far to create unique collaborations. This year's festival, listen to this, there are more than 120 collaboration beers. That's really cool. This started in 2014. It showcases the creative and cooperative culture of Colorado's craft beer scene. Breweries like Cannonball Creek Brewing, River North, Ska Brewing, Strange Craft Beer Company that have attended and ported every collaboration fest since its inception. It's grown over the years to become one of the most revered craft festivals in the country, having recently been named one of the top beer festivals in the United States, according to the USA Today. Ten best readers' choice 
Travel Awards. Now, you can purchase your tickets online. Uh, general admission tickets cost $65 plus fees, and VIP tickets cost $85 uh, plus fees. I thought I had the website here. Let me just, let me let me click on this here. I think if you click on, yep, all right. Uh, it is uh, collaborationbeerfest.ticketsauce.com. Uh, there's T-shirts you can buy. Again, uh, the tickets. General admission is the 3 p.m. entry. It's $65. Early entry, you get it an hour early, $85. Designated driver ticket is $40. Uh, it's a ton of fun. I would love to go to this. Unfortunately, I don't have the time to get out there. Um, and I keep saying I'm coming to Colorado this year. I'm hoping to do still do that. <clears throat> but we will see. Uh, but this is a great event uh, in Westminster, Colorado, if you want to take part in it. Again, the website for tickets, collaborationbeerfest.ticketsauce.com. The tickets are available right now. You definitely want to check them out. New York City Brewed, New York City Beer Fest, the kickoff to uh, New York City Beer Week takes place next Saturday, February 24th. Uh, VIP is at 12.30. The general admission is at 1.30. Uh, general admission tickets, $85 right now. VIP, 115 It is absolutely worth it. Tons of breweries at Industry City. Uh, nycbrewed.com slash events for tickets. There's a lot of out-of-state breweries that come as well. It is an awesome day. I will be there. If you see me, say hello. It is definitely worth the price of admission. You definitely want to come to this event as the kickoff to New York City Beer Week, which takes place next Saturday, February 24th. It runs for 10 days. A lot of events in and around the city, uh, but you certainly uh, want to be at this event. If you're a fan of the New York City breweries, you certainly want to be there. And then finally, uh, Fair State uh, Brewing, uh, Collaborative Brewing in, um, I believe this is Minnesota. Um, This is disappointing. Um, This is Evan, their co-founder and CEO. He says, a sentence I never thought I would write. Fair State has filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy protection. It doesn't mean we're shutting down. We're just restructuring our debt. We'll emerge on the other side stronger for it. The simple fact is the pandemic put Fair State in a hole that we need to help dig out of. We have a solid plan to get through this together we can, so we can continue making the great beer you know and love. We're extremely lucky to be a part of this community and be part of a community means asking for support when you need it. They have five ways that you can help them. Go to the tap room, buy their beer, buy Fair State and Chili, uh, Chill State at your local bar and liquor store. Um, shopchillstate.com. You can have it delivered directly to your, uh, your door nationwide. Buy a Fair State gift card online or at the tap room. Spread the word about the brewery or share your favorite photo memory at Fair State Co-op. Um, again, if you if you have any questions, community at fairstate.coop. Um, and you can get more information on the website. It's a shame uh, that this brewery is having to restructure. I, I don't know much about it, um, but it's a, a pretty big brewery, not only in Minnesota but nationwide. And uh, hopefully they get the assistance uh, that they need. Uh, when we come back after a short break, Sam Pecoraro, the brewmaster at Von Ebert Brewing, is going to join me. This is the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer.
Welcome back to the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer as we continue on here uh, on this week's show with uh, featuring moving pictures from Rush, which was actually released back on the 12th of February, back in 1981. Rush happening to be one of my uh, favorite bands. Uh, and uh, just uh, diving through Getty Lee's autobiography and trying to get through all of that. And, of course, everybody keeps saying, will Rush ever play again? They're not. I mean, I think him and Alex Lifeson will probably get together and do a project. They've st- they've talked about it. But to actually put the band together as Rush again and just throw a drummer in there, it's not fair to the legacy of Neil Peart, and it's not fair to the legacy that uh, they left for the fans. So we'll leave it at that. But my next guest on the program, he's the brewmaster of an award-winning brewery out of Portland, Oregon, and about a month ago, they took over the longtime location of Ecliptic Brewing and are reimagining the space to not only increase production of their of their beer, but to make small batch Ecliptic beers as well. For more info on the brewery and their tap room, just head over to vonebertbrewing.com. Let me welcome to the Craft Beer Cast on AM nine seventy the answer, Sam Pecoraro. Sam, how are you? Hey Al, how's it going? Thanks so much for having me on the show. I'm Ab- doing great. Absolutely. The the motto of Van Eber Brewing, Sam, is uh to live full bore. For those that aren't aware, what does that mean? Uh, you know, I think it means a little something different to everybody in our crew, but you know, to some it means uh um you know, constant improvement and making sure that we're always working hard and changing our beers and getting the customer what they want. Um, yeah, it means different things to different people. Um, what was the thinking behind taking over the ecliptic location? Was it to increase your own production? Was it something else, or was it to you know not let this iconic brewery just go by the wayside when uh, the owner decided, all right, I've you know I'm, I've had enough and I'm I'm looking to step back? Yeah, well, it definitely wasn't a, a spur of the moment decision for for Von Ebert. We've uh, we've been working on a plan for about three years now. To increase production after we uh, won a couple big awards at um, the uh, American IPA and then Golden uh, Pilsner at World Beer Cup, uh, we just couldn't keep up with production. So looking at spaces uh, all around Portland and then, um, you know, the legend John Harris uh, gave us a call one day and, um, you know, he was making plans to kind of kind of shift Ecliptic to um, uh uh, a different company brewing it and needed somebody to take over the current space, and uh, we stepped in. And as the press release says, and you just mentioned, you're not only going to be brewing your own beers, but you're going to brew some small batch ecliptic stuff as well, right? Yeah, that's correct. So uh, Great Frontier down in Eugene uh, will be brewing a lot of the um, a lot of the flagship ecliptic beers, and they needed somebody to brew some of the more um, you know the more small batch stuff. So. You know, uh, we've got the, the same uh, brewery and equipment and everything and thought it would be a uh, a good fit. Uh, we're talking with Brewmaster Sam Pecoraro from Von Ebert Brewing, located in Portland, Oregon. They just took over the old ecliptic space. They're going to do some great things with it. And for more information on the brewery and their tap room, you just head over to vonebertbrewing.com. We're here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Now, you guys closed down that facility. You're reimagining the space, and you're hoping to open it. Uh, you know, sometime in the next uh, couple of months, correct? Yeah, yeah. So the tap room uh, by summer uh, would be fantastic to have that up and running, so okay. people can en- enjoy the new outdoor space. Now, Sam, you've been bre- you've been with Von Ebert since the start. You've been brewing with a number of different breweries in the Pacific Northwest. One of them being Breakside Brewing, which I absolutely love. What did you take away from your time at Breakside that you continue to use today in brewing beers for Von Ebert? 
Oh yeah, Breakside's one of the uh, you know one of the best breweries, not not just in the Pacific Northwest. I think in the world. Yeah. Uh, you know they're known for known for a lot of different beer styles, and uh, yeah, I was only there for a short time, about a year, but definitely took away uh, some lifelong friends. Um, yeah, and also just a you know attitude towards uh, constant improvement and um, you know making better beer. And and Sam, am I correct? I know um, I believe your the PR person mentioned something. You're originally from New York, so how did you get your start in in brewing beer? Was it here in New York, or was it was it you know was it something that you were a home brewer and you just decided you wanted to do more of this and go, went to school for it, or you know something else? Yeah, you know I uh, I wish I had a better story, but it's pretty typical. Uh, yeah, I grew up in Lockport, New York. Uh, I haven't lived there since I was 18, though. Oh wow! Uh, go Bills. Okay. Um, <laughs> and then uh so i'm sure yeah, you weren't was, happy that the chiefs won the super bowl oh you know uh i couldn't watch but yeah <laughs> i got it i understand totally yeah they're a good team uh yeah and then moved out to portland oregon 13 years ago and got a job uh you know at uh beer mongers a fantastic beer bar out here and got to meet some brewers and got into the industry and went from there now, I would be remiss if I didn't mention this, Sam, because of so many things economically that have happened, uh, you know, obviously with a pandemic and um, with inflation and all kinds of other stuff. Now, the pandemic obviously affected all businesses, but in the last year and a half, it's been particularly hard on breweries and more so in Oregon. Uh, you know, so we're seeing so many places either being sold or closed. Sam, what is your opinion on it? Was it restrictions that forced you guys to open later for inside service? Inflation, maybe costs of grain and aluminum? Uh, was it just the fact that some breweries were able to shift to you know, a canning operation and get their beer in, in cans a little bit quicker than others maybe saying, uh, uh, we'll ride this out for 60 days and see what happens, and then you know, it extends into a full year, or was it something else? Yeah, you know, Alan, I think you, I think you hit uh, almost every note there. Um, yeah, it's a combination of things. Certainly, breweries that are uh, you know equipped to do packaging and uh, get beers into grocery stores have done better because you know consumer uh, um, preferences have changed. Um, yeah, and then grain prices, packaging prices, uh, freight in particular. You know, the cost of everything has gone up. So it was really a combination of you know. Uh, kind of dipping into to cash reserves during the pandemic and then having to deal with all the increased costs afterwards. And, and, and speaking of that, Sam, as a brewer, when you're brewing a, a particular type of beer, obviously there are you know certain mainstays that you have at your brewery and you know the ingredients that you need and you budget out for those things. But when you're, you're shifting to something else, like you say, you're trying to keep up with the trends and trying to uh, give the consumer what they want if they're asking for a certain thing, that I'm, I'm sure that the cost of things certainly plays into when you're making something. If there's a particular beer that you're making and it requires a certain amount of grain, and maybe that grain is too expensive or the hop is too expensive to put it in, do you look at a different hop to give you that same profile, or do you say, you know what, we're going to shelve this beer for now because we can't make it to our standards that we want to make it, and we maybe we'll wait until the price comes down on that before we decide to do it? Yeah, that's an interesting question and uh, something that Vining Group takes pretty seriously. We we don't really write recipes for individual ingredients, which really gives us the leeway to make changes down the road, right? So if we said, oh, we want this beer to be, you know, tropical, dank, and diesel, mm-hmm. that, that allows us to be able to substitute certain hops in at certain times. We, we don't do that for a price break, but we do it more for uh, creativity and adjustment and uh, consistency. So, uh Yes, we do make substitutions uh, when we need to, 
But mm. uh, if it's not making the best beer, we're not going to do it. So that that's good because I, I I noticed that there were some brewers that said, well, you know what, I couldn't get this particular uh, you know hop or this particular thing, and I'm just going to kind of fool around with it a little bit to sort of get it where it's at. You're you're saying, hey, look, if we can't make it the way we want to make it, we're not putting it out there uh, for the consumer because we know that. We, listen, the last thing anybody needs is bad is bad publicity about a beer that was their favorite beer but has now changed you know slightly if you're warning them ahead of time obviously that maybe you're shifting the recipe a little bit almost a la like sam adams did with their boston lager that they said we're going to do it this way that's a little bit more palatable to deal with rather than surprise the consumer with some you know change right oh yeah absolutely and you know the consumer is extremely savvy it's uh they don't have to um you know be able to drink a beer and say oh this is not the same hop but they'll, they'll know the difference right and, and Sam, my last question for you, and we're talking with Sam Pecoraro, the brewmaster uh, from Von Ebert Brewing, located in Portland, Oregon. Von Ebert uh, Brewing.com is the website for more information on the, on the site. If there's somebody listening right now and they're looking to get into the beer space, they want to brew their own beer in a, you know, professionally, maybe they've dabbled around as a home brewer, what's the one, what's the, or I shouldn't say one, but the best piece of advice that you could give them uh, right now? Yeah, I think I'd uh, I think I'd say be re- be realistic about what the job requires. I think there's uh, you know a lot of people that think it's just kind of a shift from home brewing and you're getting to be creative and make make beers all the time and you know whatever whatever I want. But the consumer's got a lot of say, um, and you know you got to uh, you got to do a lot of things in the industry that aren't just the uh, recipe writing. So I'd get a I'd get a realistic uh, view of what it's like. Yeah, because I mean it's difficult when you're you're brewing a beer for say ten people or twenty people to upscale it to a you know a, a mass audience. There's a lot more that goes into it. It's not just well, I'll just take this and divide it by whatever and increase you know whatever it is. You've got to play around with it. It's it, it's I mean it's somewhat of an exact science, but it somewhat isn't right. Yeah, yeah, and then add um, you know uh, dealing with supply chain and wholesalers and retailers and. Yeah, there's a lot that goes into it. Yep, 100%. Learn, learn, learn. You're never too old to learn. My guest has been Brewmaster Sam Pecoraro from Von Ebert Brewing, located in Portland, Oregon. They just took over the old ecliptic space. They're going to do some great things with it, including some small batch stuff as well. For more information on the brewery and their tap rooms, just go over to vonebertbrewing.com. Sam, good luck with the new digs, and thanks so much for joining me tonight. All the best, sir. Yep, same to you. Thanks, Al. You got it. Up next, it's time for Suds and Duds on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast. On AM 970, The Answer. Final segment of the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, of course, is always suds and duds. Vital Signs, final track off of the album Moving Pictures, which came out back in 1981, uh, 43 years ago. That's unbelievable. I mean, when you think about that, when you think about how long... Actually, is it 43? i got to do my math again. I thought I was... Uh, Maybe I was wrong. No, it is 43. That's right. 
It is 43. Wow, jeez. That's good. That's good that uh, <laughs> I actually figured out how many years it was. 43 years ago. I was 11 when that album came out. And really, you know, like moving pictures was sort of really how they dove into the synthesizer keyboard kind of thing. They really started to dive into it on that album. And then uh, you had Signals uh, the following year. And then two years after that, you had um, Grace Under Pressure, which really dove into the synths. Signals a lot more, uh, but still more guitar and stuff. Um, But Grace Under Pressure is really where they dove into the synths, um, for sure, and then Power Windows. But um, love that band, Rush. I really, really do. Uh, it's. Um, I'm glad that I saw them as many times as I did, and I'm glad I saw that final tour because we all kind of knew it was going to be the final tour, even if we didn't know it. I don't remember back in 2014 if they said, this is it, we're, not, we're never touring again. It was just, we're celebrating 40 years of Rush, we're, you know, blah, 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 whatever it was, and, and they just, they did it, but you kind of got the sense that it was going to be the last tour, and it ended up being the last tour, and then... You know, Neil, you know, living with dealing with his his cancer for, you know, a couple of years, just uh, a horrible situation. And again, I don't think we're ever going to see an iteration of the band. Can we see Geddy Lee and and, uh, Alex Lifeson get back together again? Sure. But it's not Rush. It's just the two of them. It's It's a big difference. Without Neil, it's not Rush. That's just my feeling. All right. Let's dive into Suns and Duds. We've got plenty of beers to get to here. Chiseled by the Gods from Bolero Snort. Uh, a crisp, delicious Pilsner. Love it. Uh, was there a few weeks back when I was interviewing John Henderson uh, from the Atlantic City Beer and Music Festival. Tickets are still on sale at AC uh, Music Fest, acbeerfest.com, acbeerfest.com. Uh, you can get your tickets. They're all over the state of New Jersey for the next couple of weeks. Obviously, selling tickets, you can go to many places. Just look it up on uh, acbeerfest.com. You'll find out where they are and where you can purchase tickets uh, with no fees. You still have to pay tax if you use a credit card. You still have to pay tax if you pay cash, but you won't have fees like Ticketmaster if you do that. Uh, can't wait. Going to be a great event uh, in April, but chiseled by the gods. Great stuff. And then had uh, a smod, a smod, smooth, smooth in, smooth in, smod in. Uh, a ridiculous amount of flavor for a coconut stout at 4%. I mean, tons of flavor. A beer I could drink over and over and over again. In fact, I picked up a four-pack to take home because it was certainly worth um, taking home. And I like uh, I like a beer like that. It's got flavor and low ABV. You got me all day long. KCBC. Haven't had enough of KCBC. And they're going to be at um, the kickoff to New York City Beer Week in just a couple of weeks. And cannot wait uh, to see all of the brewers there in New York. That's a great event. The tickets are on sale now. NYCBrew.com. Um, yes, it's a little pricey. But a hundred, the the proceeds go directly to the brewers. It helps to support the breweries. Uh, it's a fantastic event. I've been there for many years. Uh, always have a great time. The guest breweries are awesome. It's a lot of fun. And Industry City, where they're doing it now, as they've done uh, last year and this year, fantastic place to go and visit. This one, Edward Lizard Hands, slamming double IPA, juicy, delicious, really, really good. I believe Mr. Funk, Tom Funk, gave me that suggestion on that one, and that was good. And then. The Miner by Zigmeister, um, I, I think this was a dark Czech lager. Nice and roasty. Love that one a lot. I, I was sort of glad that I got that one after I had the KCBC because that was really a nice change of pace to kind of flip it on its script a little bit. One of the beers that I brought home uh, from Bolero, the um, collab between Bolero and Icarus, this is Bolero's version, 
where they didn't put, I don't think they put lactose in this. This is Shattered Hops, The Sun, Bang and Double, Hazy, Juicy, Fantastic. I had the other version uh, of uh, the the Icarus version uh, at Jersey City Bruzology, which was a fantastic time. We'll get to the beers in a couple of weeks, but what a great time there. Uh, as I mentioned in the first segment of the show, just a just a phenomenal amount of fun. This one, though, bang and double, hazy, juicy, really good. The Icarus version has lactose in it, uh, so it's a, it's slightly different from what you're um, from what you're used to. Uh, Jersey Cyclone, uh, I picked this up. Uh, inverse clarity. Uh, there's a big hop on this one. I, when I picked it up, when I was there to talk to uh, Jan Chuitasuk uh, after the uh, bill was signed by Governor Murphy, this had a big hop to it. And more bitter than tropical. I was not what I was expecting. I was sort of expecting, um, I, I was expecting more of a hazy. Um, and maybe in retrospect, I should have picked up the lager that they had there. But I was in the mood for an IPA. So I, it just wasn't what I, I, I'm, I got to go back into it again. It had a little bit of a burn to it too, I think. I got to go, I, I have a, I still have a couple of cans left. I have to go back into that again and, and see if it's sitting now. It's been sitting in the refrigerator for a little bit. See if it's um, if there's any difference uh, in taste. Uh, another one from Proclamation, um, uh, Capiche. This is great. A fantastic Chris Pilsner. Uh, the lovely uh, Colleen from um, Crack One at the Summit gave that one to me. That's a good beer. I mean, really delicious. So I enjoyed that. Sorry about that. I was adjusting my microphone there. Uh, this was a great beer. Really enjoyed uh, drinking that one, and thank you, Colleen. I do appreciate it. Uh, went to see the record company a couple weeks ago, so of course, came to the city. We had dinner at Torch and Crown Brewing. Uh, by the way, John Dantzler, thank you for the beer. Do appreciate that. Uh, I'm going to get back in uh, to Torch and Crown to uh, talk with John uh, very soon and uh, do uh, maybe do a two-part interview from the brewery, because it's been a couple of years since we've had John on the program and uh, have not had a chance to interview him, although I did interview him at the brewery when they were still building it, when we did the Wolverine thing, but that was almost a year before they opened. I mean, this was that was pre-pandemic. Um, so uh, I'd like to chat with him again um, and see how things are going. Um, you know, things are picking up over there. Friends of mine had their wedding there. Uh, really great place. If you have not been to Torch and Crown on Van Dam Street, you certainly owe it to yourself to do it. The, the beer, the the two guys that wrote the beer hiking book in New York, they actually have a hiking trail for that. You can you can walk to it. Um, you know, starting off at certain places if you come out of Port Authority. Um, but I have to tell you, it's right outside the Holland Tunnel. It's a fantastic place to visit. The food is spot on. It's not a big menu. It's a it's a it's a small menu, but it's enough to fill you up for sure for sure. Um the beers are great and they have mixed cocktails. All of the uh spirits are from New York State, New York State wine. It's really, really good. So I started off with a dark pivo, solid dark Czech lager, dug, dug that one a lot. Uh, that's one I could have went back to again and again, but of course I'm there. I want to try a bunch of different things. So I had the Mana, uh, excellent West Coast IPA, great hop, nice bite. Uh, they have beer to go there as well. It, it, they, if you if you work in Lower Manhattan, they will deliver beer to you within an hour. I mean that's fantastic. Can't beat that. Uh, their Black Tie Porter, outstanding, nice, roasty, those big coffee flavors, uh, excellent. I really enjoyed that one. That was uh, absolutely delicious. And then um, at the venue at the Bowery, I think we had Founders. Um, Founders was really like the only craft beer that they had there, so I think I had a Founders um, uh, IPA, I think. Yeah, yeah. I forgot what it was. I can't remember off the top of my head. 
Um, but at the uh, Laurelly Beer Garden right around the corner, uh, they had the Wein and Stefaner Hefeweiss beer. So, of course, I had to get that. I mean, the oldest brewery in the world. And, you know, started brewing beer in 1040. You don't screw things up like that. That was an excellent tall beer uh, to drink before the concert. And it's got just a, everything about Wein and Stefaner just screams tradition, deliciousness. Uh, it's really good. So uh, I enjoyed um, that beer as well. But I have to tell you, Torch and Crown, they do such a great job with um, with everything. The beers, the food. Uh, they still they, they converted their driveway into an outdoor beer garden. So you go right out and uh, you can hang outside if you want, if you don't feel comfortable with sitting inside or if it gets a little too crowded. Um, they've really done some nice stuff. Now, the original plans, they had some things they were going to work on. Uh, they do host events. But they were going to do a thing where you could brew your own beer. Um, they wanted to do a couple of different things downstairs in the basement area of the building. I don't know if they, I don't think they ever uh, executed that simply because of the pandemic and everything else. I just don't think that they they jumped on that. But I have to tell you, it's a great place to go. You will not be disappointed. Uh, it is certainly some place that you should make a stop if you don't want to go there for dinner or lunch. You know, go there and have a couple of beers. You can certainly do that as well. Uh, it's a great place. Again, they're they're right on Van Dam Street. Um, and, uh, you know, they, they, John and Joe, they just do an amazing job there, uh, with all of this stuff. It's fantastic. And I can't wait to get back there and, uh, chat with John, uh, for an interview. And he's always got a lot to say, which is great. But folks, we are out of time on this program. My thanks to everybody involved in the show, uh, including, uh, my man, Darren Yellen. And of course, my guest brewmaster, Sam Pecoraro of Von Ebert Brewing, and of course, last but not least, the great Buddy Watson. Back Monday on the Joe Piscopo Show at 6 a.m., this has been the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Cheers, everybody. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.